0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bonafide, Immigration for the Common Man. On today's episode, we'll be talking about constitutional rights and how they're applicable in regular criminal courts and immigration courts. So the Constitution is the law of the land in the United States and is a living, breathing document that is left up to interpretation. Within that big document, we're going to focus on the Bill of Rights, The Bill of Rights is the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. Why do we generally like the Bill of Rights? Well, quite simply, it guarantees civil rights and liberties to individuals. I'm sure you all know the first one at least, right? Freedom of speech and press, the right to assemble, to protest, the right to religious beliefs and practices. I hope that rings a bell. Sadly, there are some, even in the highest courts of the land, that don't know that. So if you, the average person does, kudos, you deserve, you're doing better than others. (laughs) Anyway, when it comes to the courts, the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 8th Amendments are our focus. So let's go into a little bit more depth with these Bill of Rights, shall we? First, the 4th Amendment. The 4th Amendment protects individuals from unreasonable seizure or unnecessary searches of their bodies, homes, cars, or other property. So to even enter homes, a search warrant needs to be signed by a judge. Emphasis on signed by a judge to enter your house. And this is in regards to police officers. A search warrant is not necessary unless you give an officer consent to get into your home, if the home is entered as part of a lawful arrest, or if the items being searched and seized are in plain sight of the officers. Please, keep this in mind, because sadly, there are some bad apples out there that will take advantage of the fact that you don't know your rights. And that's how you find yourself getting in trouble for something that really could have been avoided. All right, so let's get into the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment covers you in criminal cases. Under the Fifth Amendment, you cannot be forced to give information to an officer, a lawyer, or anyone if the information would incriminate you. Hence the saying, I plead the Fifth. I remember when I first learned that in school and when I went home and took something out of that cookie jar. And my mom asked, who took the cookie out of the cookie jar? I said, I plead the fifth, sis, because that would definitely incriminate me. Still face the consequences later. However, I knew my rights. The Fifth Amendment also holds the double jeopardy clause. This clause basically says that you can only be tried once for a crime if you are found innocent the first time. So, if you were found innocent for a crime in 2002, later down the road, you cannot get tried for the same crime. The Fifth Amendment also gives the right of due process. This is really important. Due process basically means that the laws must be applied fairly and equally to all people. Emphasis on all. The Due Process Clause is also stated in the 14th Amendment. However, the 14th describes it as a legal obligation of all states, while the 5th kind of only refers to the federal government. However, they both hold the same. The 6th Amendment gives protection to those in the criminal court system. Under the Bill of Rights, you have the right to a speedy and public trial, a trial by an impartial jury and to be informed of criminal cases. And most importantly to this cast, the right to counsel, a.k.a. a lawyer. And finally, the eighth. The eighth protects the rights of the accused. It ensures that sentencing or punishment for a crime is fair. Punishments must not be cruel or unusual for any criminal. It also says that bails or fines cannot be extremely high and unreasonable. So those are your basic rights when dealing with the American court system in criminal courts, aka regular courts. The amendments live and breathe within the judiciary branch of our government, and we fight every day to make sure that they are upheld, except in immigration courts. So let's talk about immigration courts and constitutional rights. I know I briefly mentioned it in the first episode, but due to immigration courts being upheld as civil courts, some constitutional rights do not apply to immigrants, Out of the four amendments in the bill of rights the ones under threat in immigration courts are the fifth and sixth now i know in an earlier segment i stated that constitutional rights did not apply i was over exaggerating however the fifth and sixth amendments are are not really being enforced in these immigration courts as they are in regular courts and it's a big deal and they definitely need to be addressed just for you to keep in mind the fifth amendment has many clauses but the ones we're going to focus on today is due process, while the Sixth Amendment states that there is a right to counsel. Again, because immigration courts are regarded as civil proceedings, the rights connected to criminal proceedings, aka regular courts, in regards to this podcast, are not applicable. The first thing we're going to discuss is the Sixth Amendment and how immigrants do not get this right to counsel and how it affects their cases. Nationally, only about 37% of all immigrants and about 14% of detained immigrants get legal representation. Let me give you all a quick definition of detained, because some might not understand. It means to hold or keep in or as if in custody. In this case of immigration, a majority of these would be prisons, jails, or detention centers operated by the federal government as they await a decision from an immigration judge. I'm pretty sure the closest detention center to us right now here in Harrisonburg is in Farmville. I know that seems like a word everyone should know, but I really didn't wanna make sure that the audience knew what the word actually meant as we move forward with this segment. All right, back to it. As mentioned before, only about 14% of detained immigrants get legal representation. There are various reasons why the percentage is so low. One being that federal detention centers do not allow immigrants to travel to an attorney's office, so they're limited to using phones in their detention facilities, which may not always have phones. On top of that, unlike the criminal justice system found in criminal courts that require defendants to be on trial in the same district where the offense took place, the immigration system can transfer people to detention centers in remote places. All this being very far from their families, lawyers, and evidence that could very well help them in their case. Another reason being the ability to pay for counsel when they are in detention centers in the first place, since it's not offered through the Sixth Amendment. I mean, can you imagine being in a detention center and not working and then having to find a lawyer because the Sixth Amendment does not apply to you? Honestly, impossible. And that would leave the burden on your family to find your lawyer. All these being barriers to finding counsel just make the immigration system stacked against immigrants in general. And it's crazy. There are barriers in the immigration court system when it comes to the Fifth Amendment and due process. The biggest rulings in immigration courts relate to removal proceedings and deportation. And within this sphere, the quality of justice given to immigrants when it comes to immigration enforcement does not reflect the American way. Deportation is defined as the removal from a country of an alien whose presence is unlawful or prejudicial. The Supreme Court decision of Fong Yeting versus the United States in 1893 made deportation a civil penalty, framed as the government's right to be used as a tool of the nation's governing power. Isn't that terrible? All this basically means is that deportation is now a civil penalty of an offense by an immigrant. So imagine me being a DACA recipient, living my life, knowing that any criminal offense I can make, even as small as a traffic violation, could result in the punishment of deportation to Ghana. Of course, These traffic stops may not be a big enough deal to deport me. But this is the reality of what immigrants think, because we know the punishment for an offense could be deportation. And that's a really scary thing. On top of that, because deportation is a civil penalty, immigrants are not given the same constitutional rights given to those facing criminal punishment. For example, when arrested and facing removal, immigrants are not read their Miranda rights. Not provided an attorney if they can't afford one, as mentioned earlier, and are not permitted to challenge an order of removal for being cruel and unusual, as stated in the Eighth Amendment. Another aspect of due process that does not apply to immigrants in immigration courts is being placed in removal proceedings for engaging in conduct that would have not had them removed at the time the offense happened, and no statute of limitations. Statute of Limitations is a law that sets the maximum amount of time that parties involved in a dispute have to initiate legal proceedings from the date of an alleged offense, whether civil or criminal. So, immigrants may be placed in removal proceedings on the basis of misconduct, regardless of how long ago it occurred. So, if I did something in 2002 and it wasn't illegal at that time, but now it is, I could be punished by deportation from that Again, isn't that crazy? Due process is something we value as Americans and it is not upheld in these immigration courts. In America. So there's that on constitutional rights in regular criminal courts and immigration courts. As an immigrant, it's really disheartening and makes me realize why my mom always made it a big deal to obey authority and do nothing wrong in the eyes of the law. Because any little thing could really get me deported. It really blows. However, we do what we must. And now, at least we are informed of the differences between the two. And we can focus on how to hopefully change things. If anyone has any ideas, feel free to hit me up. But that's all for now i bona Bonafide. I'll catch y'all on the flip side.